On this episode of the Team Cooper podcast, Mr. Cooper joins Guardian Radio to talk about his upbringing, business life, his entrance into politics, and how we can uplift and empower our people. He also answers the question of whether he thinks he can affect change and how we should deal with national disaster management, along with a plethora of other questions. And I'm so thankful for you. Yeah. And we have the deputy leader for the Progressive Liberal Party and member of parliament for Exuma and also shadow minister for finance, none other than the great Chester Cooper. Now I know my people now they tell you I call you great, but I think what you're doing in politics is actually shifting the landscape, and that's what we're going to do today. That's what we're going to do today. So we wanted to say good morning to you, my brother, and thank you so much for being sitting here. With good us. morning, thank you for for having me. Absolutely. And uh, don't forget the people of Ragged Island. I also represent Ragged Island. And Ragged Island. And everyone tend to forget them, you know. So I don't oh, want you to make why that mistake. Why are you like that? <laughs> why are you trying to be I apologize, Ragged Island. Yeah, right. apologize. We do. My landlord is a whole Ragged Island. <laughs> but it's so wonderful to have you today. And um, uh, whilst we have so many things to talk about, we can talk about politics, crime, we can talk about BPL at length, we can talk about so many things. We really want to talk about um, um, this concept and shift and then pull everything into it. Politics has, has taken a very different turn since we've seen your ascend. To, to, to the pinnacle of the party, right? Um, you came in recently, I think it was November 18th, 2016, when your ratification was, yep. right? Uh-huh. So since your ratification to this particular point, three years, you just recently uh, would have uh, celebrated your anniversary since your ratification. Uh-huh. Three years in politics, you have made leaps and bounds. You have made, I mean, a mammoth amount of steps uh, over that short period of time and you have not taken that traditional door. What makes it different for you to have this access to do these things within politics to shift the landscape? Well, thank you for the observation, first of all. Uh, God has been good to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe that I answered a call to enter politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I come from a, a humble beginning in Forbes Hill, Little Exuma, from a very religious background. So when I talk about answering a call, I want you to understand that that's, you're, you're joking. that's not just political rhetoric. <laughs> uh, so I'm on a mission to see how I can help to improve our country. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all of my interventions are by and large an attempt uh, to really see how I can assist the government, uh, hold them to account, and also make some suggestions as to how we can advance our Bahamas. Uh, we have a great country. Our previous leaders all made a significant contribution, but I believe it was the vision of Selinden Pinling, our first prime minister in an independent Bahamas, uh, that catapulted us from a sleepy fishing village uh, into a prosperous uh, country of possibilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have an obligation, this generation, mm-hmm. uh, to continue to advance our country, to continue to improve our country, and I consider it my obligation to be a part of this transformation. Uh, the Bahamas has been very good to me. Uh, I didn't grow up with very much. Uh, I've had great successes in business. Uh, I have a wonderful family. Uh, I am from the most beautiful island on the face of Zoom. planet Earth. So I, mean, so I have an obligation. Okay. I have an obligation to, to give back. I uh, have three wonderful children. As I travel across the country, I see uh, many other young boys and girls who should have an opportunity, 
who should have a chance that I did. And uh, at the same time, I'm concerned about the direction the country is going in. Uh, I'm concerned that we appear a little bit stuck uh, as a country. Mm -hmm. And it's time for us to take a leap. It's time for us to now move it along. And I hope to help in that process. So let me ask you a question. You, you use the phrase, answer the call, and I also hear the terminology obligation. So 10 years ago, had someone asked you, you know, do you think you would have been here? And when I say here, not in the studio, but at this point in your career, in terms of where you are politically, would you have thought that it was a possibility? Would you have seen this trajectory? I had been invited to enter frontline politics on at least three occasions before. Uh, from at least three of the major parties in the yeah. Bahamas. Well, as you uh, uh, insurance, uh, yeah, your my, insurance my, capacity. Yeah, my business, no, my business, my business capacity, yes, mm -hmm. insurance mm -hmm. is one of my businesses. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I've been invited previously, and uh, my, my work uh, in business had not been complete. Mm -hmm. okay. uh, I, I wanted to wow. continue to grow my business, to expand the business, to create opportunities mm -hmm. for other young people. Mm -hmm. Uh, we've been able to expand the business into Cayman Islands, Turks and Caicos, mm -hmm. across the Bahamas. Uh, I started at a very young age in business. In fact, most people, a little known fact mm -hmm. is that at 19, I was a teacher at a high school. Really? And uh, we don't talk about that much, but mm -hmm. I think... <laughs> you didn't have a good time? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh, I surely, I surely did, but I believe... Yeah. You know, 19 as a teacher? I, I, as a kid yourself? Yeah. <laughs> I had a great time. I yeah. that the students identified with me. Uh, I had an opportunity. I see, I see my students everywhere I go now, and it's yeah. really a fulfilling experience. Uh, you You're know, the that, You're that, like that, absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah. That brought uh, and brings more fulfillment than the salary at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, teachers are underpaid. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but I had an opportunity to shape some young minds. I got into business at a very young age. Uh, I was able to expand and grow the business. Did extremely well. And uh, when I entered politics, you mentioned in November 2016, I uh, had a succession plan. Uh, we appointed two managing directors to run the business, and you asked what I thought I would be here. The reason why I structured the business the way I did is mm -hmm. because I fully expected at the time that the PLP would win, mm -hmm. and I expected that I would be a member of the cabinet. Mm -hmm. So I set it up that way. I didn't ah, expect this, to go back. This is a good uh, conversation. <laughs> you told the PLB was going to win. At the time. Yes. At the time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, tide, the tide changed, obviously, uh, as we know the outcome of the story. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, that's now in, in, in retrospect. Uh, but, you know, at the time, I wanted to properly transition uh, to accept the call, uh, which I did. So today, you know, the business continues in the hands of some great young uh, professionals like Julian Roll and Sandy Molly, mm -hmm. who do very well to run the business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and my biggest job at the moment is to stay out of their way. That's it. <laughs> so, you know, so I like to see, you know, uh, succession planning at work. Yes. And, you know, it's, it's really working very well. So you're well. not a micromanager? No, I, I, try, I try not to be. That's excellent. I wanted to ask you this question. Whilst, you, whilst you're talking about your business and talking about the transition, um, um, some things have actually shifted when you came into politics. The first thing you, that you would have done that is memorable to um, uh, the minds and kept in the spirits of the Bahamian people, and I think quietly tucked away for greater expectations for you, is the apology that you made for the PLP party during your time of ascent. Now, internally in your party, and the first thing that you, I want to talk to you about is that 
Um, um, you talked about your suggestion to advance, right? And one thing I wanted to know whether or not, is there an idea within the PLP, right? Internal and external customer service says this to me. For you to be able to see externally what your desires are, internally you have to change. Are you seeing the ruckus, the shift, especially during your descent within the PLP party and has it come back together to get to the objective of, of winning? In 2022? Well, firstly, the PLP is working very hard internally on its ma internal machinery. Yeah. Uh, last night, we were with the people of Berry Islands. Uh, we thanked them for the warm welcome and embrace that we received. Mm -hmm. We're traveling around the country, reconnecting with people, uh, talking with them about the past and our prospects for the future. Uh, we are making some adjustments to uh, how we uh, operate internally. For example, we have amended and revised our constitution. Uh, at the moment, I'm actively leading the platform committee. Platform committee deals with our ideas and our plans for the future, mm -hmm. uh, how we're going to reshape uh, the landscape of the Bahamas for future generations, mm -hmm. how we're going to advance new uh, industries, and really how we are going to uplift and empower people. Uh, this is the mandate and the philosophy of the of the PLP. Is this fueled by the NDP, the National Development Plan, to be able to incorporate the see the country move for that 40-year plan that was laid out? Well, the National Development Plan was uh, started under a progressive Liberal Party yeah. uh, government under the capable hands of my friend, uh, the former minister, Kalis Rule, mm -hmm. uh, Nicola Virgil, Virgil Rule, and many other professionals from it a broad cross-section of the uh, Bahamas. Yeah. So this is why when you hear me talk about the National Development Plan, mm -hmm. I'm passionate about it because I happen to recognize the amount of work and the amount of thought that went into it. And there are things in politics and national development that major parties can agree on, that leaders of parties uh, can agree on. And there are things that we must agree on. Yeah. There are things that, you know, it's it's pointless for us to fight over. Uh, we have many things that we can fight over, but there are some things that we must agree in terms of the, the, the natural cost of the development of our country. Mm -hmm. If we continue to fight on every issue, uh, then, you know, we, we wouldn't advance. The Bahamian people, in my view, uh, tired uh, of politics as usual. And they do want to see some collaboration. I'm not naive about your politics. I'm not naive about how it works. Uh, Was I, that the I, assumption I, at the forefront? Oh, this, this young, uh, young fellow don't know what you're talking about. Uh, you know, I, I speak from the heart. I speak my, my mind. Mm -hmm. uh, if I'm wrong, I, I accept responsibility mm -hmm. for being wrong. Uh, but I don't speak callously. Uh, I... I am very thoughtful when I speak. I research issues very carefully, uh, try to get a sense as to uh, what the thoughts are from my constituents and the Bahamian people at large. Mm -hmm. uh, but also I, I speak as on issues that I believe can help the country to grow in advance. If I don't do that, I believe that I'm doing myself a disservice. I'm doing my constituents a disservice. I'm doing the PLP a disservice and ultimately uh, the country. So I don't expect that everyone will always agree with what I say. Uh, in fact, there have been occasions where 
uh, PLPs at times uh, may not have agreed with, I with what I said, you know. But you know, I I I I make uh, little apology when I believe I'm doing the right thing. So you stand to speaking your my mind. Yes, I'm I'm speaking uh, for the Bahamian people, uh, for the advancement of our country, yeah. uh, and I believe I was called to do so. Chester Cooper is absolutely wonderful to be sitting here with you. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick, our first commercial break and get right back to this conversation with none other than Chester Cooper. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're just tuning in with us, um, uh, good morning. First and foremost, hurry, get to work, put on your shoes and stop leaving in the car. And we have with us this morning an absolutely phenomenal politician coming up, right? And not the traditional sense, not in the traditional sense that he's a politician who's recognized, we you know who his people is. He's a politician mm -hmm. who's really shaping the way for who we are as a people. And I mean that in all sides of the political divide, we can see within the PLP that there's a shift and we can also see within the FNM that there's a shift. But today, we are sitting in studio and talking with none other than Chester Cooper. He's the deputy leader for the uh, Progressive Liberal Party and definitely the member of parliament for Exuma and the Rugged Islands. <laughs> I just had to put that in there. There you so go. People don't feel there. Yeah, it's it's wonderful to have you with us this morning. Yes, my brother. Thank you, good to be here. So I would like to um, ask you because when you look at how Howard, the description he gave, politician, I think what the country needs from here on out is persons who are what they are, businessmen who happen to also be in politics. And I've been watching a bit of, you know, because you kind of keep an eye on politics. I've never espoused or aligned myself publicly with anyone because I've always seen the faults of both, right? There's some text here, I'm gonna read this in a second, but my questioning is along the line of, do you think that you could affect change? Because there's always this concept of, you know, the old guard being in place. How are you able to bring all of the the thoughts, the plans, the inspiration that you would bring as an outsider, seeing the country with a lens that's not slanted with the view necessarily of politics, because you wouldn't have been in it um, from a very, very young man. So how do you think that is going to come to the surface? Because traditionally we have seen, you know, young men full of promise, full of hope, um, great contributions, and somehow, We've seen that recently between 2002 and 2007. Well, yeah. Yes. So, first of all, let me uh, remind uh, Howard that uh, when I campaigned, he took me back to November 2016. But when I campaigned, my first video almost said identically that I am not a politician. So after telling me about how I've been catapulted in three years, I'm not sure that campaign would work for me you next time. You might be a political right. juggernaut. How could you move up? That's heavy, right? But I'm a, I'm a Bahamian first. And how do we effect change? How do I cause changes to happen? I'm not naive about the process. Uh, we're developing a platform, a a marketplace of, of ideas, but in addition, I'm working with my party to develop a, a 100 day plan of quick wins, low hanging fruit kind of, an issue, kind of issues that we're going to tackle. So there'll be a short term plan, a medium term plan, and a longer term plan. I fully intend during my lifetime in, in, in politics, 
my career in politics. It won't be a lifetime. My career in politics uh, to <laughs> to no to cause there. to Sorry. cause yeah. change to happen as efficiently as we could cause it to happen. Uh, I've been successful in transforming uh, the oldest insurance company in the Bahamas. Uh, we celebrate a hundred years next this year, by the way. So I've been yeah. I've been successful in transforming the oldest insurance company in the Bahamas. I happen to be deputy leader of the oldest political party in the Bahamas. Do you believe that the success can be able to transfer into this old political party? Well, I plan to bring all of the skills that I've learned this in business to politics. Uh, all of it will not translate, but I believe in achievement. Mm -hmm. I believe in measuring results. Mm -hmm. I believe in having specific targets mm -hmm. and specific goals. I believe in having a plan and a vision and a tactical uh, approach to achievement and a strategy for getting things done. Mm -hmm. It's worked for me in business. I believe it can work in politics. Mm. There is a, an ecosystem, though, of politics that will require uh, some shift, uh, to borrow a word. I believe uh, with like-minded Bahamians coming to the table, bringing their skills from differing backgrounds uh, to the table, uh, we will advance our country. I am confident that we may not be able to significantly impact change immediately, but I'm confident that over time, if we are persistent, uh, if we engage the Bahamian people, if we remember the core values, that the Progressive Liberal Party uh, set, on, set out on, uh, we can have success and we can make significant change uh, to our country over time. Now, recently you accused the Minister Administration of being lazy government. It's a, the post um, uh, revitalization to, and the plan to borrow $500 million. I was, I was just borrowing his lie. He said it's a lazy, it's a lazy it's thing a lazy, to tax, it's a lazy and thing, there right? he comes. He implemented the, the 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 most significant tax hike that the country has seen. He's borrowed the most money uh, that the country has seen. He's a record-breaking prime minister with a record-breaking government, and I wanted to let him know that uh, his words are coming back to haunt him. Now, at the end of that, you actually claim that it was a lack of innovation. And the government should be more focused on economic growth and spending in an effort to become more resilient under the external threats like Dorian. Now, Gowan Bo just recently had an interview with our news and he spoke to the adaptability and our need from a cultural standpoint to conform to the overwhelming needs of social needs and just be able to get those jobs that are necessary. So on one hand, from your professional position, you're talking about creativity and innovation in the face of this mammoth task that we have. And on the other hand, we're hearing persons from the private sector say, listen, for right now, just get what you need to get. And my question is, with the unemployment projected to be nearly 5%, from 9% from nine initially to about 14%, do you believe that the Bahamians should push past the preconceived occupational ideals that they have, the roll up their sleeves, and just to get to work, if only temporarily? Firstly, let me say on a very serious note that I and the Progressive Liberal Party recognize the mammoth task in the restoration and recovery effort uh, involved with Hurricane Dorian. Mm -hmm. We do not underestimate uh, the impact on revenues and expenditures uh, as would be caused 
by Hurricane Dorian. Mm -hmm. The Progressive Liberal Party experienced hurricanes before. And it was the Free National Movement, I believe, who minimized or attempted to minimize the mm -hmm. impact of hurricanes and deficits. So I wanted to make the point that we acknowledge that hurricanes have consequences. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They cause expenses to go up, they cause revenues to go down, and as a result uh, of that interplay, uh, things happen, yeah. stuff happens. Yes. Okay? Now, we can turn this around, and this is what we've been saying, by quick responses to the restoration. Uh, we can get engaged, we can draw down the IDB money, uh, we, can, we can get the restoration happening quickly, uh, we can rebuild schools, we can rebuild public buildings. When we do this, we hire contractors. We hire contractors, hopefully contractors of Abaco and Grand Bahama. Uh, we hire people, hopefully people from Abaco and Grand Bahama first. Uh, that money gets into the economy. Uh, it starts to circulate, it rebuilds the economy. Uh, the Red Cross, I believe, uh, has it right when they do hurricane relief nowadays. They have a card uh, with a visa uh, connection to it. They give the cards to evacuees. Uh, the evacuees either withdraw the money or go into their mom and pop store. Uh, they spend that money. Uh, when they spend that money in the mom and, sh and pop shop in their community, uh, that store can continue to employ people. Mm -hmm. uh, they can remain open. They can continue to make a living. They continue to be a part of the economy. They don't see the need to relocate to Exuma or Elutra or Nassau or anywhere else. Uh, they stay put and they rebuild. They rebuild their house, they rebuild their business. All of their workers do likewise. So the government must get on with that rebuilding and restoration process, first of all. Mm -hmm. That has to be priority number one. Mm -hmm. And they are generally absent from the process. We see private sector trying to do their thing. Uh, we see Maxwell's reopening in Abaco with a lot of other businesses contained. That's magnificent. Mm -hmm. uh, we see other businesses doing likewise. Uh, we see NGOs doing their part. The government isn't moving quickly enough. It's 10 weeks in, and that will help the economy to move. That's the point I want to make, first of all. Mm -hmm. There are opportunities and lessons learned from this hurricane. We must not allow those lessons to be wasted. Mm -hmm. And that's the reality across all sectors uh, in terms of how we manage disasters, mm -hmm. how we manage NEMA, how we manage the recovery and restoration, issues related to climate change, issues related to our uh, environment and things we do that impact the environment. There are a lot of lessons to be learned. Uh, how we build, uh, the need for building more resiliently, impacting building codes, building on stilts in low-lying areas, for example, or so not building in low-lying areas more specifically. There are a lot of lessons that we can learn. Yeah. There are a lot of opportunities that will come as a result of this hurricane. We must see those opportunities. We must seize them. After Hurricane Ivan in the Cayman Islands, we see a renewed uh, capital city. Uh, we see new buildings popping up. Yeah. Uh, it was fresh and, and new and new energy and uh, money in the economy from construction and insurance. It's hard to get back to that if there is this, this perpetual idea, this thought that continues to charge the atmosphere for normalcy. We can never be normal again. The normalcy that we enjoyed years prior, we can no longer get to that. It's either we're going to be worse 
or we're going to be better? And do you believe collectively we've come to a conclusion, not just from a political standpoint, that we must be better from this point? And only to your point, when you see Maxwell's open and when you see those persons actually start to do things on their own merit, it says that their strength and their resilience, the Bahamian resilience that we talk about, it actually has to start with the Bahamian people as opposed to the government. Do you believe that? Uh, we have a role to play. One of the other lessons is that insurance is important. Uh, most Bahamian homes, more than 50% of them, are uninsured or underinsured. Most Bahamian vehicles, even though it's the law, uh, uh, most are insured. 80% uh, are insured, roughly, roughly 20, 25% are uninsured or underinsured. The reality is that we have lessons to learn as individuals yes, too. Yes. Uh, so the lessons that must not be wasted is not just, that point is not just directed at the government, it's directed at in, as individuals as yes. well. You talk about yes. normal and normalcy. Uh, it will take some time to, to rebuild. It will take some time to get back to the point where we, where we were in terms of the economy, in terms of the infrastructure, in terms of uh, hotels on the islands and businesses. Uh, but that recovery will happen, and I believe we will rebuild, and I will, we will get back to a point of normalcy, whatever the new normal is, mm -hmm. uh, and we will be better off uh, for it in the longer term. This has been a very painful experience, but uh, no doubt we will recover. Uh, no doubt we will be more strong. Uh, as a result of what we've learned. We would have seen over the past, maybe, uh, I want to say maybe mm -hmm. uh, two decades, that we've continued to have one um, um, uh, lesson after another. This is a teachable moment. These are all lessons that we've learned from. Do you believe that the Indian people are actually at, are looking at these issues, assessing them accordingly, and learning for it, for the growth of who we are as a people? Well, I believe we are learning some of the lessons. Uh, and I believe that the Bahamian people generally look at the country as a, as a, as, as a, in a state of uh, stuck. We believe that the country is stuck. Mm -hmm. uh, young people mm -hmm. don't feel that there are enough opportunities, mm -hmm. yes. not just jobs, yes. opportunities. opportunities. Yeah. Uh, when we look at the economy, when we look at industries, I mean, you know, we haven't created a new industry in the mm -hmm. Bahamas in quite some time. Uh, I am concerned that bright young people of means and education are looking outside of the country for hope. And, and we want to make a shift where they, they see opportunity, they see uh, an occasion to uh, participate, to come to the table, whether it's mm -hmm. politics or business, to create opportunities in the Bahamas rather than uh, running abroad. So it's the government's responsibility, uh, current and future, to create a facilitating environment where uh, young people see opportunities, professionals see opportunities, uh, business people of means are keeping one foot on the ground and, and, and one foot somewhere else, uh, but they're taking bets on growing the Bahamas and we're seeing too many people looking to make an escape and this is unusual for the Bahamas. This is a, a new paradigm that I'm seeing for our country over the past uh, two, two, maybe two to five years. Yeah. Uh, people are looking yeah. to run and move to Canada and the States and, right. and find jobs there, yeah. but we want to create all refugees. <laughs> yeah. when, when we get back, um, I definitely want to take the conversation 
I want you to put on your business hat, although I know that probably never leaves, but more so than the political hat, and I want to talk a little bit about what you started to touch on. So you're listening to Rush Hour, David Dami and your company, Howard Grant. We are talking to Chester Cooper. Please don't go anywhere. You're going to want to catch the conclusion of this. So if you just tuned in, you're listening to Rush Hour, David Dami and your company, Howard Grant. We're sitting with Chester Cooper, and we're having some conversations today. And this ain't no PR conversation, so if you're listening, listen up good because we're kind of peeling the rug back and getting to the heart of the matter and the things that matter without engaging in the you know the political surface banter that is so common that i hear too much of and that nobody and cares easily about accessible everybody push that aside the voters of the country do not care even yeah. if they engage in it they still don't care because yeah. that's why you see the cynicism um that starts to come to the surface so before i ask you another question let me read a few of these texts so it says, how do you feel, and I'm assuming that they're addressing you, how do you feel about some persons feeling that you would make a great party leader? That's mm. one text. And I'm going to go through a few of them. As long as the old guard is in place in the PLP, for example, Davis, Chester's apology means nothing. Mm. That's another text. Here's another text. Minutes could have gone to Parliament and have these, those convictions for small amounts of marijuana expunged, just like he promptly created an office for his wife. That's another text. Um, here's another text. All this government, all all this government is going to patchwork governance. What happened to the over the hill plans, commercial enterprise, Ragged Island, and other failed FNM policies? This is a text, by the way. I don't want no one tagging me on Facebook. Please listen. This is the, I'm just reading these texts. Okay, that's it. Because I see how y'all do howling. Yeah, like, <laughs> tag me there. Yeah. Like, he just read a text. Here's a text. Tell Chester, young people have had good intention before in the PLP. All have failed and end up leaving the parties. The PLP will not allow Chester to do anything that will help empower Bahamians. The PLP is just like the FNM, is beholden to special The interests. PLP's deputy leader is Chester Cooper. Uh, do you all recognize what's how going I, on? How in how I read the text? Sorry, I mean, I don't want to I'm reading the text. Sorry, go ahead, go yeah. ahead, go ahead. Read the text, read the text. See, I was making out of Zed. All right, so it says, Morning Rush Hour. When I heard the PM said he supported marijuana, I said, why does he not make it happen? Seeing he's the one in charge. I was happy to hear Mr. Cooper saying the same thing concerning the PM statement. I'm tired of our leaders speaking like they do not have power to make the changes. So that's some of the text. There's more of them, but they're coming in so fast. Let me take the easy one first, if, yes. if you will. Uh, marijuana, if you... Mm -hmm. Uh, Google the Nassau Guardians page online. I had to yes. put that plug in for you. Thank you, sir. You will go back to March 2018 when I believe I had made my first intervention in relation to legalizing, decriminalizing uh, marijuana for medicinal yes. use. If you go back to uh, May, Mm -hmm. uh, a PLP branch meeting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you go back to you had like a chain to, yeah, to, right to one right after PLP the convention in yes. July, mm -hmm. uh, we talk about expunging records. Mm -hmm. So we're glad that the the prime ministers come. To That's the a table. whole different show. He comes to the table a little late, but you know I'm glad that he's come. What really? So now I think we, he was always to the now, table. Now we well now we want to see him implement. You know, enough talk. He means not secret. Enough talk on, on, on economic growth, enough talk on Ragged Island, enough talk about marijuana. This is a this is a prime minister of big talk and big announcements. We want big action. We want things to happen. That's how we're gonna move a country. Mm -hmm. Young people want to be 
inspired about the future of our country. Mm -hmm. This five-year FNM, five-year PLP is telling me that the Bahamian people, particularly the young people, are mm -hmm. searching for something more. Yes. So we have to make a shift. We have to change the paradigm. We have to go back to core values. We have to go back to a long-term national development plan mm -hmm. so that we're not shifting every five years. Mm -hmm. We can't create a, a, a mountain or we can't do anything successfully so if we about, keep changing it every five years. What do you mm -hmm. think about terms for prime minister? That's a great idea. That's I believe uh, idea. Uh, mm -hmm. term limits for prime ministers is a good idea because I believe we have a lot of talent in our country. Mm -hmm. uh, and I believe after a 10 year period, it's an opportunity uh, for someone new with new ideas, uh, new visions, to new energy mm -hmm. to come along and have an opportunity uh, to lead the country. I talked about uh, my business. Uh, I was uh, CEO at, at 34 mm -hmm. and uh, I effectively created a succession plan mm -hmm. when I entered politics and turned it over to new bright people. They're making waves. Mm -hmm. uh, they're doing a great job. They brought new energy, no, the new focus. Now, they didn't cast aside uh, all of what I did before, but mm -hmm. they're building on it. And this is what we must do. Is it no stop we must, cancel? No, absolutely <laughs> not. Because that makes uh, no sense. And it makes no sense. This is what we must do as a country. So there are things that we will have a differing philosophy on. But there are some things we must soldier on with uh, full steam ahead. Now you ask this uh, question. If the government does something good, uh, by chance, they haven't done many good things yet. They haven't done many things yet. But if by chance they do something good that's working, uh, I, I believe, see you intertwining your politics in there. Oh, without but question. You, I mean, this, you shall. The, 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 the reality of, 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 of the times, you know, yes. yeah. is that if there are good things, we must press on with them. Well, he sounds to me more so like a business person, more so than a politician at times. That's what I hear, because I listen to a lot of the terminology very carefully, sitting in the studio, when you hear the absence of questions, every word I'm listening to, because, you know, we can, on today being the day of the anniversary of a particular march that I participated in. Now we march? I don't, well, I didn't say that. Oh, I just don't know which one it was. Yeah, we only got a few minutes left. No, so I, I just say, you know, there was a march. Well, I wasn't there, I'll tell you, you know, that. The, uh, the, people, the people don't plan to get to it yet. You see what I'm saying? So, well, we let me get to know. Let me get to your question. So, okay, the PLP from its inception has identified with the working class voter. Beyond the catchy phrases of wiping every tear away and doing the heavy lifting, the inner city, for the most part, has somehow seen themselves in and their concerns represented in the PLP. Now recently, I took a peek at your post, right? And you spoke to Ragged Island's Black Freestylers and you punctuated that with your hashtag, Heartless. Now we've seen a member from the governing side speak up and out on behalf of their, her constituency and West Grand Bahama urging the government to reconsider and integrate her constituency on the island. She made it happen. My question to you is, is that, is this the footing? Is this the footing your post? for a cyber campaign, or do you believe that this government is heartless when it comes to the affairs of the people? Both. Uh, I believe... Ooh, that, was, that was a good one. <laughs> All right, they're, they're they're well, well put. I don't know what else I can add. But I believe the, the government has neglected the people of Ragged Island. has been very blatant for some uh, perverse reasons. Uh, it's very easy 
uh, for the government to add on Ragged Island to all of the concessions they make uh, for right for uh, Grand Bahama and Abaco, and it, will not, it will not cause a significant blimp in how yeah. much money is being spent out of concessions, yeah. but they refuse to do so. Uh, as an example, I can go, I can go on and on, but you know, there's more. Uh, to talk about. But when we look at many of the decisions made by the government, uh, I talked on Sunday about how uh, they, they make big announcements, but they don't follow through. They talk about free mm. education for UB, but they don't send the money to the UB. Mm. They talk about free education at BTVI, but they don't send the money to BTVI, even though the BTVI uh, staff uh, student count has doubled. Uh, they talk about the Over the Hill initiative, uh, still born, the commercial enterprises bill, still born, Ragged Island, nothing. So when we look at all of these initiatives, it's difficult to become uh, really settled. I, I have also said, and let me be clear, because I don't believe in just uh, criticizing, I mm -hmm. believe in making some suggestions as mm -hmm. what the government should be doing. And by the way, they started to listen to me uh, lately, not just on the marijuana thing. Look how you take uh, they, they, they I see what you're doing. Stop now. Stop now. No, I'm I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that you know you know it's good when you you. you your thoughts are recognized and yeah. hopefully they could be be implemented to the benefit of, of the behavior people. I say it in jest, but you know, I believe we have a country to build and I am delighted uh, uh, for an opportunity to make interventions on behalf of the people of the Bahamas. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd like to see the government pay more attention to the people uh, and, and put in place initiatives that bring uh, relief swiftly to the people of Abaco and Grand Bahama uh, and Ragged Island. I want to go back to the suggestion I made on, 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 on Sunday. Uh, I'd like to see the Prime Minister become Promoter-in-Chief. Promoter-in-Chief of the Bahamas, Promoter-in-Chief of investing in the mm. Bahamas. And when he go abroad over his remaining two years in office, uh, he talks about what a great place the Bahamas is to do business. I believe we're saying more time. He, he mandates the Bahamas the Investment Authority to go out and seek and find uh, business. He, he mandated all of the council generals and ambassadors across uh, the world to find business. Foreign direct investments is the fastest way to get our economy moving. Uh, we, we want, we want, okay. we want to see. We're not talking about Oban and. Oh no no! Let's see. And, we are on the we're talking about legitimate foreign direct investment. Thank you, my brother. And Thank we want you. the Bay Street boys and the Sunshine boys and Listen. Bahamian investors to invest as well. We want domestic investment. We're going to definitely Absolutely. have you back because there's some text here even addressing, you know, their crony capitalism and different things that we need change. We need some reform. So we're going to have to come. You have to invite you back. Yeah, anytime. I'll come back. We got one, one hour. Is not hour. Enough yeah. time. We got one hour. So yeah, you. We got to do some more with you. Yeah, you're listening to Rush Hour. Dad, did me and your company. Hope you enjoyed that. Absolutely. You can go ahead and purchase the replay, right? If you yes. want to hear some more. Yes. And then Chester will definitely be back with us. Thank you so I'll much. I'll throw in a little politics next time. There you go. Because you didn't do it this time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my brother. Thank you so kindly. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be back tomorrow morning. Bright and um, bush, bright eyed, bushy tail. We're going to see you on um, uh, Michelle Malcolm is up next with Paradigm Shift. Love you guys. Take care. All right, folks. If you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to subscribe and share with anyone you know. Also note that you can learn more information about Mr. Cooper and his initiatives at teamcooper242.com.